Thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, perfect. Hey, uh, can you introduce yourself and just a little background about your stint here with Granite Rock? Yeah, so been with Granite Rock now for 16 years. August 1st was uh, my 16-year anniversary. Started with the company uh, back in 2005 and really have, have touched a lot of parts of the company. Started out in our lab there in Aromas, working on the concrete side of our business. So out on job sites, sampling concrete, doing submittals, uh, testing concrete, doing some research on concrete, and really gave me a great foundation on the concrete material side of our business. Uh, worked for a short period in the lab on the asphalt side, so road materials, same type of thing, testing asphalt out on job sites, testing compaction. <laughs> It'll tongue-tie you when you've got a nuclear <laughs> gauge or th start thinking about that again. Uh, so did some of that, then transitioned into uh, a sales and some management role on the road material side of our business. Um, so did sales for all of uh, our northern asphalt plants, um, and then eventually managed our emulsion uh, seal coat business there uh, during the Great Recession. So, you know, not fun times, but yeah. great experience for me, right? It was, it was a good time to get in front of customers and, and, you know, really strengthen some of those relationships and remind people why we were here and, and all that kind of stuff. So great experience for me, really, in my career. Uh, and then with, with Bruce's tragic death and some of the, the shakeup that we had organizationally, had the opportunity to start managing our ready-mix business. Um, so took over that opportunity, and here I am today. Great, great. Well, there's been a lot of uh, challenges and changes and opportunities that have uh, come in the last five years. Uh, I may be dating myself here, but uh, when I was building, um, there was basically only three mixes. There was a five-sack, six-sack, and a pea gravel. And... Uh, Concrete was like $32 a yard or something like that. And a young Donnie was my dispatcher <laughs> still back then. So uh, shout out to Donnie over at Santa Cruz. But um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the changes that have happened in the last uh, five years. Basically, uh, when you came on board, how long ago was that? So I guess I'm, you know, I'm bad with time now, especially because I have kids. Time flies. But <laughs> uh, I would say it was two th uh, 2012, really 2013, I okay. think, was the first full year I was... Yeah on the ready mix side yeah, yeah so a lot of things that um you brought to light on the technology side i think it correct me if i'm wrong kind of started with the bcmi program or i think it's material now yeah um, you want to touch a little bit on that and how that helped improve our efficiency and our customer relationships yeah so even even a half step back prior to that was uh telematics so think of that as gps right so we installed That's right. And, and the first step there is not even the technology we have now, right? Technology changes so quickly, but we installed hardware that simply allowed us to track our trucks. Um, so think of, right, the age-old question dispatch gets, where's my truck? <laughs> right. Right. And when we first installed this technology, we, we, the customer couldn't see where that truck was, which they can now. But at least they could ask the dispatcher, and rather than the dispatcher trying to guess on where somewhere where someone was, or get on the radio and hoping you're in a spot where you can tell us where you are, um, they could look on a map and see, right? So I could say, "Hey, Robert, your truck's around the corner. Be there in about five minutes," or just left the yard, you know, stuck in traffic, all those type of things. So really all aimed at giving our customers better information to help them manage their projects. So that was really the first step. So then. Um, BCMI uh, came into the picture, which would help us integrate that data, right? Tons of data you collect from that. Helped us integrate that data into an app that we could share with our customers as well as use internally. And again, it's just all about getting the information out to the people who need it, 
right? And this day and age, most people, you know, if they can avoid a phone call to have to find out information, that's what they prefer, right? Yeah, we're absolutely. still here, and we'll still do, we'll still answer the, the phone calls, right? That's what we, we're here to do. But we also want to give the people the option of looking at an app. They can see where their truck is. Um, they can look up orders, right? So you imagine all our orders are in the system. So how do we get that information out to customers, right? You've placed an order with us. You know, everyone think think about the Amazon model, right? You yeah. can look up every order you've ever placed on Amazon right. or the upcoming orders. Um, so it's a little bit of a parallel to that, to just let people see the information that they that we have in our system for them. Yeah, so the key component to that is the GPS on the truck. So that is why we can't incorporate that into, say, our HMA program, because in most cases, that's an outside hauler coming in, and they're not, obviously not connected to our system or connected to GPS or anything like that. So um, is, and I don't even know this answer, but is our own transportation division um, handling a BCMI and material now? So they're not, they're not using that particular technology, but they, they have an equivalent version, right, okay. for them, so they can see where their trucks are. Um, and then, of course, internally, right, you can use it for loop times, right, right? and real-time information as far as traffic uh, and all those type of things, even customer performance, right? So uh, a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to pour out a truck every five minutes. The reality is you're probably not going to be able to, not right. because you're not doing it correctly, but five minutes sounds good because you know you're going to get a bunch of trucks. Yeah. But if it takes you 15 minutes, well, that's an inefficiency for us, right? And we can look at that data and help work with you to, to, to make it better, right? That's great. So this is a really great sales tool because not only is it helping the customer, but it's also gives the sales team and management team a tool to analyze um, the actual truck loop time that you were talking about, which means when you go to bid the next job that's similar to that, if you didn't bid it correctly, <laughs> you have the opportunity to adjust based on the data that you receive from, say, material now so yeah that's slick yep so a lot of technology that's been happening in the last couple yeah. of years so i i know that um and i don't know the the update on this but there's a another program you're working on which is the environmental Pro, uh, product declaration generator or epd um it, can we touch on that right now or is that something that yeah i think right so epds have been out there for a little while um i think everyone likes to think of it as the nutritional label for concrete right i think that's a great great comparison um you know as with most of these type of things they're evolving right the information's evolving what we're looking for is evolving um we, we have those for a number of our mixed designs we're getting to the point where we should be able to plug and play with our materials any combination right to, to give us more flexibility there um, but it's just another, you know, element of the green aspect of construction, right? That construction is moving to and putting a value on. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying, I would say, lockstep with, with what the industry is doing there. Um, like most things, they're not absolute values, right? So, in other words, I, you know, I don't think people can make arguments one way or the other. Is it really better than this? Is it really worse than this? But um, comparatively, if you looked at two from similar type of, of companies and mixes, you'll get an idea on one's better than the other from a from a quote unquote green standpoint. Yeah. Now, are are you seeing these required more in lead projects, or are these um, state, federal government? Are these going to be the standard paperwork that will need to be turned in uh, moving forward, or is that something that is still in the works? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing it is required. You know, customers are asking for it on on specific projects. Um, 
I'd, I'd, we'd love to see it to where there was a standard, right, that everyone kind of asks for the same thing. Um, but you see differences, right? I think that's same thing on the technology side, right? There's a million different options out there. So navigating through to what the sort of true northern star is, is is difficult, right, and part of the learning experience. But, yeah, we're seeing more and more of the EPDs. Yeah. What are some of the other tools you guys are using? I know, uh, like Tableau is, um, I don't really know much about it, but I understand that the dashboard is really helpful for you guys. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the way, I'm, you know, I'm no expert on Tableau, but the way I think of, of Tableau is we've got, again, I mentioned it through TrackIt, and we have other systems that just give us a boatload of data, right? So if all this data, if you know, they call the data warehouses, right? So I just picture all this data floating around, out there, right? Tableau helps us organize that data, get it into presentable fashion so that whether internally or externally, we can look at data and it, I use the expression, it hits you in the face, mm-hmm. right? Did yeah. we do good? Did we do bad? How can we do better? You know, those type of things, right? So really Tableau to me is the mirror, right? That you look into and say, okay, I'm doing good or yeah. I'm not so yeah. much. And it's great because we've got reports that we can receive uh, every morning, right? That kind of gives you a, a scorecard for the previous day, um, not only for ourselves, for customers, specific plants, specific metrics that we're looking at. So, yeah, Tableau really helps get it in front of people to give us actionable data. Right, right. And that's a real time saver for the sales team, I'm sure, because I, I know when I was in sales that a lot of the stuff was Excel and, and we'd have to transpose that over to some kind of a reporting system. And, and now you wake up in the morning and you get to work and there's a dashboard that has all the information for you and, and you could uh, adjust on the fly, which is very helpful, I'm sure. Yeah. One of, one of the things I real quick on that yeah. that I think about for sales, right? So before, if I wanted to you know, go call on you, Robert, and say, hey, you know, last year you bought this many yards of concrete or, you know, this year you've bought this many, even that type of stuff, right? The amount of time you'd have to look into our systems and, and do those type of things. Now, through, you know, through our app or simple Tableau, simple Tableau reports, we can pull that up real time, like you yeah. said, right? So if I'm out and about and decide I want to call on you, I can find it out then, yeah. right? As opposed to the four hour <laughs> sitting in front of my desk trying to figure it out. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's amazing. So what about on the operations side? I know that there is um, some new programs that are rolling out to make us more efficient, to make us, um, I don't know, uh, on the operations side in general. Do you want to share anything on that or can we? Yeah. So the, well, the biggest one there is Verify. So that's through GCP, who is our admixture supplier and has, has been a partner in our business for a very long time, right? Back to my days in the lab and, and long prior to that. So they've been a partner in our ready mix business for a long time. And um, it's about six years ago now, maybe even a little bit longer, uh, we installed some technology they have on each individual mixer. And that gives us real-time data really for the product quality of the concrete itself. So, you know, real-time, how many revolutions, temperature of the concrete, you know, tracks the time that the concrete's been in the drum. And the most important one is, you know, it gives us uh, real-time data on the slump. Wow. So. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, you can go up to five different people on a job site and ask them if by looking at something what the slump is, right? One guy will tell you five, one will say four and a half, one will say four, someone else will say something. So we try not to focus on the exact number, right, that verifies displaying for us, but we know that number will be consistent. So if you look up on the screen and it's a four, and you don't like a four, but you like a five, we can bring you a five 
every time. And wow. the consistency piece is really what's key, right? Because, yeah. you know, if real estate is location, 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 concrete is consistency, 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 right? right? For finishability and yeah. set times, all those kind of things, right? So yeah. that's really what we try to have people focus on is the consistency piece. And that technology provides us the tool to be able to be extremely consistent for our customers. Uh, fantastic. Now, th- does this control any aspect of the on-site application, like uh, doses of water or, or rotations, uh, whatever it is, um, for the mixer itself? So that, that gives you real-time information back to the dispatcher or whoever's uh, monitoring that. And, and say that the customer wants to add 10 gallons of water into it, um, I'm sure there's a process that they yeah. must go through in order to do that. Yeah, so we're, we're really trying people to do, rather than the age-old, when a truck pulls up, you see the symbol 10, yeah. right, and the <laughs> yeah. drinking symbol. Right. So the way we've tried to manage that is, is really having people focus on slump or the number that they see on the display, right? So pick the number you like, and if you want a higher number, we can adjust those things um, on site. Um, the system... Does it will maintain slump automatically? So in other words, if you want a four-inch slump and we're driving out to the job site, the system maintains at a four-inch slump, and it will use water up until the allowed amount, right? So based on the mix design, if there's 35 gallons a yard, 32 gallons a yard, whatever it is, the system understands how much water has gotten into that concrete, and if there's water available, it'll use water to, to maintain the slump. As soon as the water runs out, it's using an admixture. So I think that's one of the keys, you know, if you rewind 10 years ago, uh, if you're using water to bring it up to slump um, or increase slump, you can have a lot of issues, quality yeah. issues across the board, really. All, the, the whole gambit can happen from, uh, from adding excess water. So, so that's been a key addition uh, in terms of what that technology has provided for us. And we can change, we can change slump when we arrive. Uh, we can change a whole order uh, after the first couple loads, right? So if they realize, no, nah, I like that six better than the four, yeah. a simple call to dispatch, we change every order, and every truck that hasn't been batched yet then will be managed to that and show up with that consistent six-inch slump. Yeah, wow. And that would be uh, really critical, especially in decorative concrete products. Like if you're doing colored concrete, concrete countertops, anything like that where water is kind of an enemy yeah <laughs> as we all know two things that happen wood moves and concrete cracks yeah. right yeah so um by introducing an admixture where it actually kind of tricks the cement thinking that uh, it's water but it's not so uh, we don't get the shrinkage on that so yeah. controlling that through chemicals is uh, a plus for us for sure definitely and the other the other saying i like there is right a lot of people think of water as the cheapest ingredient you could make a very strong argument that's the most expensive, yeah. right? Because if you put too much in, you're going to be ripping concrete out <laughs> or, so you know, there's remediation going to be needed. <laughs> that is so true. Right? So yeah. a lot of people will say, oh, well, water's the cheapest. Just throw some more water in. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it might be our most expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what other technology projects are in the works or something that's coming up that you can talk about at this time um, that will help the division and, and – uh, let our listeners know that there's some exciting new projects coming down the line for you guys. Well, I think, you know, like we've talked about, technology changes so quickly, right? So even the products we have are, are constantly changing and updating. And I think the good thing now is, you know, our input helps change the technology, right, with all the partners we have uh, in our technology platforms. You know, we're giving input, whether it's customer input or things we see. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to pinpoint one you know, piece of that, right? But uh, I think, 
you know, the other the other thing I think about because a lot of times people struggle to understand why we would want to you know have these technology things when it's worked for you know in Granite Rock's case 120 plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like to make the argument for people that if on the first day Granite Rock was in operation or had a ready mix truck go out, if they had the ability to see where that truck was to give you that information, they would have done that, right? Yeah, but of the course. times yeah. times didn't allow that, right? Yeah. So. No different than I think a lot of people, myself included, right? I told myself I would never have a cell phone, right? Yeah. And I think I made it through halfway through college, and <laughs> I was tired of running back to the dorms to have to call someone. So, you yeah. know, and now I don't have a home phone, yeah. right? Yeah. So as times change, technology changes, and we evolve with it, right? Yeah. So, But I think at the end of the day, like I've shared, it's not us getting away from our core value of our customers and our quality. Yeah. Right? And these really help us do that, right? Especially when we can work together. Absolutely. Well... On that note, I don't want to get all Elon Musk on you, but if you were to look into the future for concrete, what would you see, say, like 50 years from now? Great question. I mean, I think there's, there's a, we talked about the green aspect, right? And there's a lot of pressure specifically on the cement industry, right? Cement production is, you know, quote unquote, gross polluter type of thing, right? So, um, you know, there's going to have to be some technology gains there, right? We need concrete, right? It's, it's you're not going to build a skyscraper out of, you know, bricks that's you know, 50 stories high in a climate where there's where there's the potential for an earthquake right so technology will have to to bridge that gap right and i i don't pretend to understand you know what that will be or where it will be right there's there's some chemists somewhere working hard on that i'm sure they'll figure it out but yeah. um i think the green aspect is gonna is gonna play a huge role which is an advantage for us right yeah. with local sourced aggregates um a lot of our aggregates and cements are coming from you know, faraway places, right? Whether that's Asia, South America, you name it, right? Yeah. So, so I think you know, Granite Rock stands in a good position with our all local resources to to be able to combat that. Oh, that's good stuff. All right, uh, we're going to do some fun questions now. So, <laughs> hold on. Uh, so, uh, you played for Cal football, right? Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time Not ago. that long ago. Was that uh, Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch? Days? Yeah. So, okay. yeah. It, both of Aaron's years were my junior and senior year, and then Marshawn's uh, true freshman year was my last wow. year. Wow. Yeah. That must have been pretty interesting. Very fun times. Yeah. Really a great experience for me. And, you know, I, I so the tail end of my career was, was very good from a record, you know, sort of you know, prominence of the team, all that kind of stuff. But... My first, I redshirted my first season, and uh, the next two season we, seasons we won four games, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't always, you know, tons of fun and on ESPN and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. I lived a little bit of both sides, but it made it made the end of my career where our team was was successful that much better. That's awesome. And you got to do an exhibition in Japan. I did. Yeah, yeah that's a great story. So so a friend of mine who I played with was coaching at Cal, and there's a, a Japanese college all star game. And I hadn't, I, we were done, I had been done playing for two or three years. So, you know, I hadn't sprinted probably since then. <laughs> so my buddy calls us and he, and uh, he's like, hey, we can go play. You know, it's like a week or 10 days of practice in this all-star game. And we would get to be player coaches, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is awesome. Right? Like it's all paid for <laughs> the whole nine. So yeah. we, you know, I start training. I was, I was living uh, here at home with my parents uh, in Coralitas. And the first day I run, my hamstrings are like falling off the bone. <laughs> But long story short, we made it through, and excellent trip. They, they were very gracious hosts, uh, and just a fun time. Yeah, we had a, it was a fun game. Uh, Hawaii was the counterpart school that, that coached the other team, and uh, so, yeah, you get to hang out with everyone, meet, meet people from literally around the world. So it's, <laughs> That's it's great. great. Yeah, wow. super fun. 
Well, uh, November 20th is the big game, right? Stanford against Cal. That's always uh, one that's on the radar for a lot of people. And I was chatting with our uh, VP General Counsel, Kevin Jeffrey, who is alum at Stanford. And um, I got his take on the uh, the big game. And I just wanted to get your take. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you guys are evenly matched, it seems like. Yeah, Cal, Cal's in the myriad of, of the pandemic right now. They had to actually, I think this week's game got canceled. They had a bunch oh. of positive tests, right? So... Assuming they can battle through that, I feel pretty good about it. Um, the other one for me is, you know, Rich Satcher. You know, he's been my manager for, for years now, even back to my asphalt days. He somehow is a Stanford fan, of course, right? And so we, 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 have, a, uh, we have a standing lunch bet. And so I owe him from last year. Nice. Um, and I don't plan on paying up this year. I'll put it that way. I think Cal's, Cal's going to – I think Cal will pull it – it out. So, oh, well, let yeah. me uh, let me quote what uh, Kevin stated. I think I believe he stated Cal is going to destroy us. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think he hasn't seen Cal play as much as I have, but oh, okay. yeah, I think it's pretty evenly matched. Uh, right. we, but we shall see. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was great talking with you and we really appreciate your time. So, awesome. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Take care.